Kia ora and welcome everybody. My name is Eddie Rakanui and this is Big Life Mindset, a podcast where you can learn how to live a life you love so you love life more. This podcast is in the top 10% most shared podcast worldwide on Spotify. I've coached winners of the Westpac Bank Innovation Award. I've launched businesses that help entrepreneurs move from a early stage startup idea to a financially viable product. I coach people to be more confident at work and in their personal lives. And I also live a life that I absolutely love. Today, you're going to hear about the benefits of an experiment that I'm doing, an experiment that I've tried many times before and really enjoy doing them as well. Um, but you're also going to hear a little bit about the the, the drawbacks, I think, of, um, well, let's just say drinking, drinking alcohol. Uh, whether you drink or don't drink, I think there's something in this for everybody because in this episode, you're going to hear a lot more about the benefits of a single-minded purpose. And it's that single-minded purpose that is going to help everybody unlock this life that they want to live. Okay, so uh, the date is the 13th of February. It is Monday, Monday morning and Monday afternoon now in New Zealand. And I'm coming off the back of a pretty heavy weekend. Now, the heavy weekend started on Friday. Um, Friday, I had, uh, well, we had, Debbie and I, um, had a whole bunch of our friends come around, people that we love, people that meant a lot in our lives, and had a bit of a blowout. Now, depending what the motive person's motivation was um, for attending is entirely up to them. But for myself, I had made a commitment that after Friday, I was going to stop drinking alcohol for 12 months, 365 days, at least. That's the minimum. I've mentioned in previous podcasts, you know, some of the battles that I've had with alcohol and my experience of alcohol, um, and I guess alcoholism being quite intergenerational in my side of the family, at least anyway. Um, and I've also talked about, you know, in New Zealand, at least, like alcohol is everywhere. It's everywhere. Um, when I was growing up, it was on TV. It was on the, the sports jerseys of my favorite teams. It was in church. It was after church. Um, it was on Friday nights. It was on Saturday nights. It was during the week. There was no um, challenges with access to it. And I, I had a bit of a slight chuckle the other day when I was describing to a mate that I had I stopped drinking alcohol. Like I actually stopped drinking alcohol when I was fifteen, and that was after five years of. I'd say reasonably hard drinking, especially for a young boy slash teen. Um, you know, one of my, I shouldn't say it's a fond memory, but it is, it is a fond memory, just given the um, the nature of it was, you know, I have memories of me and one of my besties hanging outside the pub and we would have these plastic bottles or flagons and you could, we would give them to somebody to go in, you know, adult would walk in and and they will fill your own flagons and for $10, which is still a lot of money back then, don't get me wrong, but $10 is 10 bucks. And they would fill this flagon full of vodka or or whiskey or I can't, maybe there was gin. I definitely, I definitely remember vodka and whiskey. 
And so, you know, my mate and I would be 11, 12 years old and just smashed off our faces, absolutely smashed off our faces. Um, and so alcohol has never been in short supply. And I often laugh as well. You know, those, remember those little nip bottles? You probably still get them, actually. I'm pretty sure you do. And we would empty those out and fill them up, you know, go raid people's liquor cabinets and empty them out and then fill them up with water or tea. So there was a lot of people drinking water and tea back in those days, thinking they were drinking something else. Anyway, uh, the reason I wanted to put a pause on drinking for the next 12 months is because for those of you who see behind me, who are watching on either my YouTube or Spotify channel, um, there's a sign behind me. And that sign forms a vision that I have, a goal, if you will. And the sign reads, this year, I will be a global phenomenon in helping everyone to love life more. This year, I will be a global phenomenon in helping everyone to love life more. That is my goal. That is the vision that I have for myself this year. I remember when I first crafted it. It's been it's been wordsmithed slightly over the course of the last, say, three weeks, a month when I devised it, designed it. And I remember when I first put pen to paper, or at least the idea was germinating in my mind. Fuck, that's pretty lofty, eh? <laughs> it feels like a pretty big goal. But like anything, the more I have familiarized myself with it, the more it has moved from being in quite an uncomfortable, unknown space into a place that's a lot more familiar. And through that familiarity, I started to build confidence in being able to achieve that goal. And so when I talk about single-minded purpose, that is my single-minded purpose. That is my purpose. I have a number of other purposes, by the way, but this one, when I talk about single-minded purpose for what I'm going to achieve in my life this year, that's it. That's the one. bit off-topic, but very much contributing towards it, is I'm a massive fan of Thanos. Now... If you're not familiar with Thanos, and if you've somehow escaped the Marvel Cinematic Universe that has earned billions and billions of dollars around us, uh, Thanos is the main antagonist. Hmm. He's, he's the key bad guy. He's the number one bad guy. Now, the reason I love Thanos as much as I do, like oh, there's a whole bunch of characters, uh, bunch of characteristics that this character has. But the number one reason that I am such a massive admirer of this character is he has a single-minded purpose. Now, whether the purpose is right or wrong, whatever side of the fence you sit on, to me it's irrelevant. I don't really, I don't care too much about what his purpose is. What I love about him and what I love about him is he pours every ounce of his being 
into achieving that single-minded purpose. And by doing that, by him living his life in the way that he does, he actually gives a whole bunch of other people their purpose as well. Their purpose becomes they've got to stop him or else they're on his side. So it's for and against kind of thing. But a whole bunch of people assemble themselves in a team. They're called the Avengers. But without Thanos, you don't have these, you don't have this assembling of stars at the other side. But irrespective of the impact that it has on anybody else, I simply love the idea of having a single-minded purpose. Because with that single-minded purpose comes that focus. Now, there is a, a diagram uh, that Eric Newsom, I hope I pronounced it right, he's a podcasting guru, if you will. And he talks about the ability of what a, what a purpose or what a focus does for your energy. So if you can imagine a circle, if you can imagine a circle and that circle contains your energy and coming out of that circle are a bunch of arrows. Now, those arrows would represent the direction that you could channel your energy towards. And it'd make, you'd make a little dent here and there, you know, cover a lot of bases and that's fine. However, if you channeled all of that energy into your focus, or as I like to say, your single-minded purpose, then the headway that you make in that direction is significant because all those other uses of your energy are now channeled into it and they all drive you in that one direction. And that to me, is representative of this approach that I'm taking. Now, this, this vision that I have, this, um, you know, this vision, this goal, that this year I will be a global phenomenon and helping everyone to love life more. By writing that down, and you know, once again, if you can see the video, you can see it's, it's big and it's bold and it's right behind me. And I, I actually repeat this phrase when I wake up in the mornings as well. Like this is, this is my driver at the moment. It means that I get to quickly filter things on this thing that I'm doing right now. Is this going to help or hinder me in achieving this goal? And I can take quite a binary approach to things as well. I look at it. Is it going to help? Yes, right. We're still doing it. Is it not going to help? Kick it to the curb. When I look at the things in my life that are habits, good or bad, or even one-offs, good or bad, I now have a screen with which to determine in a very binary sense. Is this helping me or is this going to hinder me? Alcohol is a great social elixir. We know it helps give a certain kind of confidence in particular situations. You know, it helps with social connectivity. helps you loosen up as well. Um, you, know, you have a good laugh on alcohol. 
I got a lot. I got a lot of love for alcohol. However, it is a double-edged sword, right? And so, when I look at alcohol, and it's just a standalone, um, a standalone point of view of how it's going to help me or how it's going to be detrimental to this goal, then it's really obvious for me. It is not going to be part of the solution, which means it's part of the problem. Um, I've got uh, one of those, I don't even know what the phrase is, all-in mentalities. I can I can do something and I am, I was going to say balls deep, but I don't even know if that's appropriate anymore. Um, I'm all-in. And if I'm not all in, I can switch it off like that. And it doesn't matter what it is. Um, oh, I'm just going to push pause here. This is part of a, a life thing. Um, one of my daughters, one of my daughters is just knocking on the door. So I'm going to push pause and I'm going to be all in and present in her conversation. So stand by. Cool. So this is not, as I mentioned, this is not the first time I've taken a break from alcohol as well. I've done it several times over the years. I've, uh, I, will, I think I've done maybe three stints where I've done a year. I've done a few where I've done less than a year, you know, a few months, six months or whatever. I did one where I did four years. That was a biggie. That four-year one, it was an interesting one because it was, I think, smack bang in the middle of or at my drinking peak where I was just constantly in these just unreal situations that, I'd either manifested or, or walked into, like 90% of them were great times. Don't get me wrong. I just had an absolute blast. But it's not worth that one out of 10 where you black out or you act like a real dick, which I can do. Um, you know, I'm not immune to that kind of behavior. And so for me, this is, this is uh, you know, it's a challenge. and. I don't need people to support me because I'll do it anyway. It's nice to get the support, but I also know that, you know, after doing four years and, and just saying, actually, I'm not going to drink now um, and going for that long, it's just like, oh, well, it is what it is now. So, yeah, that's where I'm at with, uh, with the alcohol thing. Now, there's actually a, a, a number of other kind of um, side points to the not drinking alcohol as well. And I feel like they should be aired because I, I know a lot of people, you know, we kind of talk about these things amongst close friends or uh, maybe, you know, passing mention of it. But there are some things about alcohol that I absolutely hate. <laughs> I absolutely hate. When I say alcohol, I'm not, I don't mean pointing the finger at alcohol like, hey, alcohol, it's your fault. I mean, it's like, hey, Eddie, when you're on booze, when you're drinking, these are the things about yourself that you really don't like. Um, you know, uh, the hangovers are one thing. So the hangovers and how they slow you down are just terrible. And I, I do think that there is a thing about as you get older, the hangovers get more impactful. Um, you know, I remember back in the day being able to get on the piss on, get on the piss, so, you know, that's Kiwi vernacular. Uh drink heavily on Friday, play a game of rugby on Saturday, and then drink again on Saturday night and just feel like amazing on Sunday or even Monday. But now the last time I drank, not including the, you know, the Friday just been, 
it was on, it wasn't until Thursday. So I got on the piss on Saturday and I wasn't a hundred percent. I could I didn't feel a hundred percent until Thursday. This is in spite of having ice baths and eating sort of okay, um, trying to get sleep in, but like that is a long time to be operating at less than peak performance. And if this vision that I have, this goal that I have, you know, if I want to manifest this as my reality, then I can't afford to have one day off, two days off, because I'm hungover. You know, there's a lot of other ways that I could have days off, i.e. I'm sick or, you know, the kids were up late at night and one of them is sick and so I've had real bad sleep or whatever it might be. And so, you know, I described it to my mate the other day is that me on alcohol is like trying to run a race with my shoes tied together. And the worst thing is, is that I'm the person that tied them together. <laughs> Come on, bro. Smarter than that. Um, so there's that aspect of it. You know, there's operating at, at less than my peak. And I feel like as I've matured, I've started to treasure that peak energy or that peak performance a lot more than I used to because it was given for granted. You know, I could just wake up, bang, I was off. I used to have energy for days too, and now I don't. So that's certainly one aspect of it. Another one is there's this feeling of people people use it, describe it as remorse, and I get it. I feel like it remorse. I've either heard the, the phrase used too often and it doesn't mean a lot to me anymore or it just doesn't accurately capture the depth of emotion that I feel after after drinking. Um, so I come from, I think I'm described as generation. Am I generation X? I have no idea. And I somebody can correct me. I don't know if I care enough. Um, but I can tell you the generation I was was generation binge drinker. Yeah. A generation binge drinker was the era that I came through on where, you know, I notice a lot of people don't still do yard glasses on their 21st anymore. Probably a smart idea, but you know, in my time, that was the thing you did when you hit 21. You drank a yard glass full of booze. Um, when we drank, we didn't drink for um, good times. We drank to get drunk. Uh, and, you know, just sometimes, not even sometimes, like I me, mean, if you got sloppy, you just kind of woke up, you felt like shit, and then you rinse and repeat the next weekend. It's like, shake it off, bro. Hard enough. And so a lot of that, factors into I guess the type of drinking that I have both done myself and experienced with my my peers <laughs> with my mates um, and that that takes a that I'll just use some remorse that remorse of waking up the next day next days after and thinking fuck why did I do that for? Why did I do that for? Or worse, or worse, and not entirely uncommon, waking up and not being able to remember what you did or just having a flash of a memory. And sometimes it's an accurate memory, like your brain is just like joined two dots that didn't actually join up in the first place, but it's crafted a memory for you. Man, I don't know about other people, but that takes a mental toll on me. And sometimes it's a, I call it a significant mental toll, and I imagine it is, but I guess significant depends on your perspective. 
But for me, just the fact that I think about it for days afterwards is far too expensive a price to pay for something that was meant to be enjoyable and certainly stopped being memorable. So that's another another key reason why I'm you know, pushing pause, maybe permanently, who knows? I haven't thought that far ahead, but I certainly know that, you know, my single-minded purpose has given me the motivation to say, man, if I want to do this in 12 months, this is what, you know, this is a this is a uh, an action that I want to take. And it's not even a sacrifice. It's just an action I want to take. I feel like I've done enough drinking over the course of my life that if I don't drink another drop for the rest of it, it's not like I've missed out on anything. Um, I feel like, you know, if you go through some of the episodes that I've recorded, and then you'll see some of the shit that I got up to. And that's not even, man, I feel like I, I still want to do an R18 version of some of the other things that I've got up to um, because they definitely warrant uh, airtime. I just don't know if everybody's ready to hear them. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's where we're at. That's where I'm at at the moment is, is having this and recognizing that this this mission that I'm on, this vision that I have, this goal that I'm going to achieve is allowing me to to push pause or kick booze to the bucket. Um, But I expect I'll be layering up over the next mm, couple of weeks especially and looking at how to get myself back into this place where I know I'm humming, I'm at my absolute optimum uh for me that looks like eating well again i've been terrible at eating lately and here's another thing right if you get on the booze on a friday and it's a biggie then saturday all you want is deep fried anything and then sunday you're just like oh i feel so shit after eating all that food i may as well just like double down um which was the uh, which was the case in point for myself, and I won't mention any other names, but definitely myself in this household. Where went down to the shop, walked away with a packet of Shrewsbury's, two packets of Tim Tams, two packets of Toffee Pops, uh, and a block of chocolate. Other stuff maybe mixed in there as well. So, you know, none of this stuff's good for you, and that's all from like one experience, one night of getting on it. Um. If you're if you're struggling with drinking alcohol, and you know there have definitely been times in my life where I have struggled a lot more than I am now. If you're struggling with managing alcohol, there's a lot of little things you can do. So I'll, I'll share some tips and tricks, eh? Because um, this is this is not just from inside my own head. Like I I check myself into AA. Uh, I feel like I've mentioned this before, but if I haven't, ta-da. Uh, when I was in my like early 20s, maybe mid-20s, and I think it might have been after that that I decided to do that four-year stint. But anyway, there's some really clever things you can do. So I describe myself as a situational alcoholic. I can not drink for as long as I want. Don't even notice it sometimes. Most times I don't even notice it. I'm my own party in my head, so it doesn't, you know, alcohol is a... It can be a yay or nay either way. But if I'm in a situation, say a barbecue cookout in North America, if I'm in one of those situations, if I'm standing around the barbecue, 
I feel like I'm meant to have a bear in my hand. Like I'll be standing there and I'll, you know, if I'm if I'm wearing a hoodie or something with pockets in the front, I'll put my hands in my pocket. And I'm like, something feels wrong with my hands. Like I feel like I'm meant to be doing something. So I'll take my hands out. And this is not, I haven't done this once. I've done this numerous times, all right. And and I've seen other people doing this as well. That's how I can speak from experience. Put my hands in my pocket. I'm like, nah, it doesn't feel right. And I'll put my hands in my, my jeans or my track pants or whatever I'm wearing, shorts. I'm like, nah, it still doesn't feel right. Like, what the hell's going on? And then I, and that's when it always close. I'm like, shut, I feel like I'm meant to have a beer in my hand. And if I, if I put a beer in my hand, it's like putting their head on Voltron. And I'm like, ah, oh, right. That all clicks together now. That that makes sense. This this works now. Uh, if I'm with certain people, it's, this is not their fault. Not putting the finger on putting the finger at them either. But if I'm with certain people, uh, I would always expect to have a drink in my hand. Um, you know, my brother that killed himself um, a couple of years ago, he was one of them. He and I were together. It was just a natural instinct to have a beer in my hand. Um, I've still got a couple of mates that we're, we're pretty much like that. We're a, we love driving each other to the cliff and beyond. Uh, and so it's it's about being more mindful of those situations. So if you're if you're one of these people that like me, you find there are just certain situations that you it's like you're, you're it's. It's almost like you've programmed yourself into believing that this is the expected behavior for you in this type of situation. Then there's a number of things you can do. One of them is just to simply avoid those situations entirely. That sounds like throwing out the baby with the bathwater, but it's not. So when I did that four-year stint that I mentioned, that was what I did for the first, oh, I feel like six, maybe nine months. Hard to tell by now, but yeah, it was a it was a good half year before I hung out with the people that I ordinarily hang out with. And I was I was avoiding events like the plague. And that wasn't a reflection on them, obviously. It was simply a reflection of this challenge that I'm working through. I can either help it, I can do things that are going to be part of the solution, or I can do things that are going to be part of the problem. Me going to an event two months after I've stopped drinking, me going to an event with all of my mates, and we're all we're all pissheads, all of my mates, and we're at a barbecue, and it's a, a big event. It's like someone's birthday or something. I'm setting myself up for failure or at least setting myself up to have too much temptation put in my own face by attending that event. So there was a, I was mad about rugby back then and there was a rugby game on in town and I had a chance to go in, go to it and I just declined. So now, nah, man, this, this goal that I have is, is going to be tested too hard too soon and it's not that i don't want to hang out with you guys anymore and it's not that i don't love that event 
But right now, where I am at this stage of the game, I just need to build up my familiarity with not drinking anymore. So I'm just going to pull myself out of those environments. Now, that the effect of that is going to be quite startling on the people that you know and love. Being able to say to people, I actually need a break from drinking and I need this for my own health and I need this for the health of the people that I love and the, the, um, and the love of the people that I love. If you put that out to people and they don't support you on that, this is going to feel like quite a harsh thing to say. But you just have to say, well, fuck you. Because when people aren't prepared to put you first, like when you're trying to put yourself first and they're not prepared to support you on that because of their own selfish needs to get on the piss and have you around to play whatever role that you're meant to be playing while you're all drinking, then you got to make some tough calls. And you will find that the people who love you the most still be there to support you through that journey. And the people who are using you because you feel a need for them, those are the people that won't be. Cold hard truth there for you folks. Cold hard truth. Um, so that's kind of at the that's the big end of the, the things that you can do. Telling people this is what I'm going to do. Avoiding situations that you would ordinarily drink in and starting to cull those people in your life that are part of the problem and not part of the solution. There's a lot of other things that you can do as well. Um, oh, sorry, another another big one is, uh, and I should have mentioned this before, that is in my experience and in the experience of the counsellors that I spoke to and in the experience of the other people that were through in that program and in the experience of anybody I've ever seen try this, if you're a heavy drinker and you're trying to stop drinking, drinking less doesn't work. It doesn't work. It is a short-term measure that is inevitably going to fail. Yeah, I just, you know, I can't, I can't express this enough. I've seen so many people try this, myself included. Talk about that another time, where you try to just drink less and it doesn't work. I, I don't know if I've ever seen somebody be, and I guess it depends which end of the spectrum you sit on. Like for me, when I say it doesn't work, I'm talking about myself and the people who I'm tight with and we're like heavy drinkers, binge drinkers, dropping down to six beers a weekend or something, that'll last for a month, three months, eight months, whatever. But sooner or later, you're going to go back. Sooner or later, like that train's still waiting at the station for you and it's just going to welcome you aboard. So yeah, I wouldn't uh, wouldn't encourage it. If you're going to try and give up drinking, just 
shoot it dead. Just put a bullet in it. Say no, thank you. Uh, okay, so that's like uh, that's like quite the heavy end of um, of managing drinking, right? At the at the other end is if you if it makes more sense to kind of incrementally walk your way towards that you know, rather than going cold turkey. It's like actually I want to move into a place, move into a place where I can manage it a lot better, uh, and then just kind of revisit it from there or manage it better with a view to stopping it altogether. Um, some cool little tricks like when you have a drink, you always put your drink down after you've had a sip. And when you put your drink down, and, and so what that does is it breaks the flow, right? Excuse the pun, but that's what it does. You, you're no longer just going from hand to mouth. You're going, right, where did I put my beer? Oh, it's over there. And that small break, that very small break in time allows you to question, do I want to have that drink right now or can it wait? Ah, cool, it can wait. Or I'd, I'd like to push it out before I have another sip. And in that time, like in that little circuit breaker, if you strategically place a glass of water, then you can have a glass of water as well. And that's a great way of, of being able to drink and still being sober enough to enjoy the time as well, enjoy the occasion. So you can either have a drink between, have a drink of water between drinks or like smash back glasses of water, which is something I quite enjoy doing. Um, another thing you can do is you move the glass away, like further than arm's length. Let's say you're sitting at a table and you're having dinner. Um, you just push the glass even further out. Now, it doesn't matter what other people think when you're doing this. We like to we like to surround ourselves in the thought that other people's judgments of us are so important that, that, that every judgment that they have is how we need to live our lives. One, you can't do that because it's just not feasibly possible. Like you've got 7 billion people. There's a lot of opinions in there about how you should live your life. But when you do that and you signal that to people, you are signaling that I'm doing this for a reason. And if you're going to criticize me for this, you're not you're not talking about the reason per se. You're just exposing yourself for where you sit on the fence with this. Like if you can see that I'm working hard to manage this behavior and you decide to take the piss out of me, you know, mock me about it, that doesn't say a lot about me. That says loads about you though. So, so there is some headstrong stuff in there that I think probably easier for some of us than others. But just keep, if you send that signal to people, that's just that's a starting point. And like I said, it has a very pragmatic um, or practical um, value of okay, if I'm gonna have a drink, I have to extend a little bit beyond myself. I have to I have to go out of my way now to drink that drink. Uh, what were some other things? Oh, yeah, there was a couple of other things from, I feel like this was pre-cell phones. God, it can't be. Anyway, um, there's some things that you can do, like put reminders in your phone as well. So for a number of years, actually, I used to have alarms going off on my phone. No shit, where at 11 p.m. at night, an alarm would go off and it would say, stop drinking. 
fact, I think it used to say stop drinking asshole and stop drinking see you next Tuesday, which is just like a real eddy. Stop. <laughs> stop now. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of little things that you can do. Those are some of them. Um, I would encourage you that if this is a challenge for you is to just start implementing one or two of those. And yeah, man, there's like, there's loads of alcoholics around the world. So if you jump on Google on how to minimize drinking or stop drinking entirely, there's no shortage of good quality information out there. Bringing all of that back around to the, the actual point, well, there's kind of a twofold point in today's episode, but bringing that all back around is, is this single-minded purpose that I have and a symptom of chasing this goal is I've now stopped drinking. Over the next couple of weeks, I will share with you some of the other changes that I'll be making in my life. And I'm once again, I'm using this, this goal, this vision as the filter for a lot of my behaviors, a lot of my habits, good or bad, that I want to either give more life into or I want to kill it dead. And that is the power of having a single-minded purpose. Cool being. So once again, this year I will be a global phenomenon in helping everyone to love life more. Today's example, today's discussion about uh, kicking drinking is but one of the many measures that I'm going to be implementing and that I am implementing. I look forward to sharing more of these with you. These are all game changers for me. Like this is how you level up a life, folks, in action. This is not about uh, me talking about some things that I read and heard. This is me making these substantial changes to my life that I know are going to improve and increase the, the life of the love of life that I already have but it's going to give me this ability to make a positive influence on people around the world. Awesome. Hey, thanks again for joining me. I'll pull the pin there. Um, if you wanted to, and I encourage you to, because I'm bloody good at it, uh, reach out and let me know if you'd like some coaching. In eight minutes, I'm about to go and coach another client. I say client, but it's more friend. Um, and helping them to live a life they love so that they love life more. This is not just some cliche that I bandy about, folks. This is like practical shit that I help um, surround people with so they can live this life that they actually want to be living. Um, you'll find a calendar invite to my Calendly link, sorry, in the show notes. So make sure you check it out. Even if you just want to catch up for a virtual coffee, I'm all ears, and we can go from there. All right. Thanks for that. Uh, Kakite and bye for now.